listening to the Top Music Guitar Podcast, the show for guitar teachers to learn about the craft of teaching great guitar lessons that students love. If you're looking to start or expand your studio and make guitar teaching your full-time dream job, you've come to the right place. Each week, you'll get to hear from some of the top guitar teachers from around the globe and get their best tips and experiences so you too can build your own dream studio. I'm your host, Michael, and I've founded one of the top guitar schools in Australia, written a best-selling curriculum, and I mentor guitar teachers. I'm excited to share my expertise with you and the wisdom of all the experts we interview. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Top Music Guitar Podcast. Today, I've got a real treat for you, a great friend of mine, a really special guest who's doing some wonderful things in his teaching space. And that is J-Pro Josh, Josh Ross from the J-Pro Music Academy. Josh, welcome to the Top Music Guitar. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Now, we first met overseas a couple of years ago at a, a really cool guitar teaching event. And from day one, I knew you were a little bit different to everyone else because you just had such a positive vibe and a great outlook on life. And that's something that I've noticed you've been able to pass on to your students in all the years that I've known you. So can you give the listeners a brief background about yourself, your story so far, and your transition from a performing musician and entertainer to a music school owner, and now what I see looks like celebrant uh, at your congregation? Yes, <laughs> it's been quite, quite an adventure. Um, so I think that when I was 13, that was really a turning point for me because that was when I was 13, I, I realized that I actually wanted to be a prof professional musician. And that was really the time that I really started going full into music. And actually, I started, I started teaching guitar when I was a 13-year-old kid. I just, uh, with my dad, we made a, a little flyer. We, we took it to the local ice cream shop and posted it. And that's when I first started teaching guitar. And at that point, it just was for fun to make a little bit of extra money as a 13-year-old kid. And I just kept doing it all through high school and college. And then in college, it became very clear to me that I was going to do this as a full-time profession afterward. And I, and I launched my, my music school right after gradu graduating from college. And yeah, all along the way, I was performing. And I, I really believe my life was, I was just destined to be uh, a performer, a musician, a teacher. And neither of my parents is musical at all. So it's hilarious that here I am as a musician. Both both my parents were doctors and music was really not what they envisioned for me. My, I know my mom to this day wishes that I'd become an accountant or some type of nice, easy, stable job. But that said, my parents were very, very encouraging and they they saw that I really was passionate about learning music when I was taking music and they invested in me. They invested in me getting music lessons all throughout through my entire life, actually. And they and both my dad and my mom whenever there would be some opportunity to perform they would encourage me so i know like we were at a, a mr b's a restaurant and there was a guy playing there with a guitar and my dad says hey josh you should go ask him if you can play and at that point i was maybe 14 years old and so i'm a 14 year old kid and i go up to this guy and say hey can i play your guitar and sing and so here i am at a bar just like playing his guitar and singing and it was things like that that would happen all throughout my teenage years that led to me becoming a professional musician. Also, I had lots of opportunities in the church. Um, at, at various churches I would get involved at, my mom and my dad would encourage me. And I said, 
a multitude of experiences playing in a church setting. And it's, it's amazing that those things as a young teenager led to then me becoming a professional musician, a professional worship leader, a professional music school owner. So that's kind of a little bit of a snapshot of how things have started. I could obviously give more detail or specifics uh, as you ask more questions. Yeah, well, we can definitely touch base on a few things there, like um, the simple fact that you had the support of your parents. How important is having supportive parents to, you know, the whole learning process for aspiring musicians listening and, and teachers that are looking to, you know, help their students develop even more? Fantastic question. I wouldn't say it's a make it or break it, meaning there are people uh, who have become great musicians, even if their parents weren't supportive. But I will say having parent support makes a world of difference and it can make it so much easier. Now, I will say um, the negative side of that is there are some parents who get overly involved in their kids' musical education and they literally kill it and they, they destroy the, the kid's love for the instrument. because. It sometimes happens that a kid will come and he's passionate about wanting to learn guitar. And then the parents are on this kid's case about practicing and practicing. And, and the kid, the, the parent doesn't know anything about music and they don't even know what practice should even look like. So they just tell the kid to keep repeating the song again and again. And, and before long, um, it becomes a power struggle and, and learning guitar becomes more about this chore and less about the joy of the instrument. And I think the fact that my parents weren't musicians what, what was good was my parents just kind of let me do my thing they they encouraged me they supported me of course they wanted me to practice but they weren't constantly checking up on me all the time they were giving me the space to be able to play the instrument and to develop a love for it and i can't speak to everyone's case but i can say at least for myself i really appreciate that my parents supported it believed in me they encouraged me they gave me opportunities and they didn't put all this pressure that i needed to practice and do all these things i think they they saw that i was interested and they they encouraged me to perform and those were the things that at least in my case helped me to develop that passion for music and so i would definitely encourage parents to support your kids invest in music lessons i highly recommend music lessons because your child can be playing guitar until they're in their 80s, 90s, 100s, or older. And, and same thing with piano or singing. So I highly recommend parents support their kids, but I would challenge parents to, to get involved and support your child, but don't make learning music into a chore. Don't be on them all the time about practicing if that's going to lead the, the child to rebel against you. I think this, what you just said has to be like mandatory listening for all parents. We're going to have to like extract that as a sound bite and, and use that as part of our onboarding process. That's amazing. <laughs> um, and you mentioned obviously being involved in your church and um, worship music. Now, here in Australia, there is kind of like, um, it's just a very different musical scene, but going to America and meeting yourself and a whole bunch of other people, it's like there's this whole subgenre of worship music that's just producing absolutely world-class musicians um you know in such a positive vibrant way that brings people together through music so can you tell me more about how your church and that community tied in with your music while you were growing up good question so as i had mentioned so when i was a young teenager i i had the opportunity to get involved i know when i was 13 again that was a pivotal year for me 
uh, I got involved at my home church, Holy Name. I started playing guitar in the worship band. And that was really awesome because, you know, I was taking guitar lessons at the time, but now this was an actual way to apply what I was learning. And each week we'd get a whole new set of songs that I need to learn. And I learned all these different chords that I had never played before. And I learned about playing with the band and keeping the time. I also learned about the levels, you know, making sure that the, the sound of my guitar was not overpowering the other instruments, that it was just the right volume. Uh, I learned about different ways of playing the guitar, you know, whether you're playing a fast, upbeat song or a slow, reflective song. Uh, I learned about the structure of, you know, in, in church, I'm a Catholic. And so we have something called a mass, the Catholic mass. And so I learned there's a structure of there's certain songs that go in at certain points. And it was really awesome to kind of learn how music played this role during during the mass, during the church service. And I also had some opportunities to play at various Protestant churches as well. And I, I got to see the differences between how music plays its plays in the Catholic church versus how music plays in a Protestant setting. And I also, I, I remember when I was in, in college, I, I started doing something called summer camps. So I would run these summer camps. And again, I did that through a lot of the churches. And that was a great opportunity to get students together for a whole week and in a week, they would learn to play all these songs together and then put on a performance. And that was really an awesome experience. And because of that, because I was actually leading those summer camps, that led to this opportunity at my my home church, St. Anastasia, where I now lead worship. Um, the person who was playing for the five o'clock worship band and who was leading it, he was going to be moving to Chicago. And he happened to know who I was because of the summer camps that I was running. And he said, hey... I, I'm going to be moving to Chicago and we're looking to find someone new. And I made you my, my the, you're the first person who I would refer and think would be a good person for this position. So I was like, oh, wow, that, that's kind of cool. And so I interviewed for that position and I got that. And this was a little over seven years ago. So I was just leading for the contemporary worship band on five o'clock on Sundays. And that was great. And I did that for seven years. And I learned so much about music, bringing people together, leading a band, putting on concerts. And seven years later, there was an opening at our church for the full-time music director, you know, leading the music over all, all the worship services. And again, it was one of those things where I applied and it was just the right timing. I talked it over with my wife and my family. We decided this is the time. And so now it's been about four months since I took over as the full-time music director. And that's been kind of just a whole <laughs> new new opportunity. And, you know, with that, I realized that I wouldn't have the time anymore to lead the five o'clock worship band. So I had to delegate. I had to appoint a new leader of that worship band as I kind of took on the new um, role as the full-time music director. Awesome. And what do you think has allowed you, I know you kind of answered it in terms of right place at the right time, but is there such thing as the right place at the right time? Or how did you go about getting all those opportunities to make them work for you? Fantastic question. I mean, I believe that being in the right place at the right time or serendipity is, is really about being prepared. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that that's all luck is. Luck is preparation and opportunity. Uh, and I think that that was really bred into me from the time I was a child. Because, again, here I am taking music lessons as as a young child and then as a teenager and 
I, I'm developing these skills and this ability to play music. And then there happened to be these opportunities. And now my parents helped foster that because they encouraged me and said, hey, there's this person playing music up there. And eventually I gained the confidence as a teenager to go and talk to restaurant managers and tell them, hey, I can play music at your venue. And, and that's how I started getting into playing in different venues. Um, that's how I got to play in various bands. That's what led me to be able to do the summer camps. So it was on one hand, yes, I was in the right place. But if, if I was in the right place in the right time, but I didn't have the right skills, I don't think that these opportunities would have manifested. So it was all the years and years and years of preparation, learning the instrument, learning to play, developing people skills, um, getting comfortable with going and talking to people, getting comfortable with rejection, getting comfortable with people saying, no, I'm not interested right now. Um, all those things helped me to get to where I am today. I know when I was a freshman in college, I ran a painting company. And that was quite a formative experience because I was going door to door. I would knock on people's doors, ring their doorbell and tell them that I could help paint their house. And I would have a whole team of um, college students who would come help me paint their house. And that was a fantastic experience to get comfortable talking to people, again, getting people saying no. And I really believe that that year of running the painting company was very formative for all that I'm doing now. I learned about payroll. I learned about profit. I learned about just because you're making money doesn't mean you're making money. You know, just because you're making sales doesn't mean you're actually making a profit. Like I actually lost money on some jobs because, okay, this homeowner is paying me a couple thousand dollars to paint their house, but I'm also paying for paint and for employees. And if, if it takes us longer than we expected to paint the house, then it's actually, it could be costing me money. And so that was a very valuable lesson. And Again, I got comfortable talking to people. Another another job when I was a junior in, in college, I got to work for Radio Disney. Um, and that I got that job through just talking to people. It was kind of a word of mouth thing how I even stumbled into that job. And through that experience, I learned again about being comfortable talking in front of people, how to communicate, how to distill things down. And again, all these opportunities that I gained when I was younger because I had developed skills along the way and I developed skills while in this opportunity. So when I was working for Radio Disney, when I was playing at this, this church, when I was doing playing at this bar, this venue, I was learning things. And those skills then helped me to get even bigger opportunities as I got older. So I really don't believe that you just can gain success by just purely luck and happenstance. I believe that again, luck is preparation and meets opportunity. So it's important to develop the skills. And then it's also important to be able to look for opportunities and to grab them when they're right in front of you. Does that answer your question? 100%. <laughs> yeah. And obviously there's, I often use the analogy with my students. It's not, oh, you just found a, an apple by chance. It's no, you, you planted the seed, you watered the seed, you watered the seed some more. You took after it for months or even years, and then you finally got to reap the reward of, of fruit kind of thing. And it's all about the opportunities, you know, you create yourself, whether that was an instant thing or it was 10 years you know, in the making. Um, our, our actions and what we do and the decisions we make and the relationships that we build, it all becomes one big, you know, cycle that contributes back to the luck or the serendipity of the, of the moment. 
So yeah, 100% agree with everything you said. So getting on to your music school, obviously, uh, J Row Academy, am I correct in saying that? The, yeah, the J Row School of Music. J Row yeah. School of Music. And obviously, J Row rhymes so good with pro, which I know you put in a lot of your marketing. Um, you've really ramped things up, especially the last couple of years. So what are you doing to get your name out there in the community? It's a fantastic question. <laughs> Almost a better question is what am I not doing? But uh, I, I think that, again, coming back to my my childhood and my teenage years, and I, I think I might repeat this again and again, I, I do think that the things that you learn as a child and as a teenager come to fruition today. So I think using the skills that you learned in the past are really important for getting to where you want to be now. And when you think about the future, the things that you're doing today right now are going to be the skills. You're going to be developing skills and planting seeds in the now that your future self is going to be really thankful for. If So again, um, doing things in the now, uh, learning. So in terms of, you know, what do I do to get into, into the community? When I was a teenager, I was building all these relationships by playing music out, by getting involved in my church community. And I've maintained a lot of those relationships. Like I'm actually still friends with some of my, my school teachers. And in fact, uh, several of my school teachers, their children are taking music lessons at my music school because I've stayed in touch with them. You know, I, I've stayed really plugged into my church community for all these years. And so a ton of our students come from the church because I know them, they know me. And now that I have a studio space, when, when people drive by, they see the J-Row School of Music and right there on the sign is our website. So people, when they're driving by, can just snap a picture of our sign and then go to our website and schedule a free assessment with us. So a big part has just been being visible and building real relationships with people. Uh, of course, also SEO is, is a big thing. I, I know that I learned how to make sure that our website was number one on Google. So whenever someone types in music lessons near me, and if they happen to live within a five to 10 mile radius of where we are, we're the first, if not one of the first schools to pop up. Uh, and then along those same lines, we've asked our students to leave us reviews. So having a bunch of positive reviews from our students uh, speaks about the quality of the lessons that we provide here. Um, so, you know, using Google, using the online mediums, Facebook, you know, I don't do a lot with Facebook, but just kind of posting from time to time, both on my personal page, as well as our J-Row School of Music page, just to kind of, again, connect with people. And I believe that in a nutshell, that's all marketing is. Marketing is just about connecting with people. Um, I, I believe that in order to get people into the door in terms of getting new students, it comes down to two things, marketing and sales. Marketing is building relationships with people and sales is persuading people to take a specific action. So my goal is not to get a new student. My goal is to build a relationship with someone who then goes to our website and then they go and they sign up for a free assessment. And then at that free assessment, now we're, assess we're assessing whether this is a good fit, whether this person would be a good fit for our school. Because if they're not, I'd rather refer them to some other music school. But if they are, then I'm going to, we're going to take them at, on as a music student. And then at that point, the next step is to get them plugged in to the music school, to get them on fire about learning guitar or whatever, uh, whatever instrument they want to learn. So marketing, again, goes on not just when I'm attracting new students. The marketing, the relationship building 
goes on through the whole life cycle of the relationship. Even after a student is no longer with us, we still keep that relationship going. We get so many students from former students. So someone took lessons here two years ago, and they, they might still be sending us students because they had such a good experience. And then the sales part is just leading them to take the next action. You know, once someone becomes a student, I have to persuade them that practicing their instrument is in their own best interest. Because <laughs> if you practice, you're going to make progress. And I have to persuade you that continuing to come to lessons is in your best interest because the more you come to lessons, the more you're going to learn, the faster you're going to achieve what you want. And you're going to feel awesome about making that investment in yourself. So does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, 100%. And it's definitely worth you know reflecting on the, the fact that you said you're not just looking for students, you're building relationships. And a lot of that happens you know, years before they ever end up becoming a student by the seeds you're planting around your community. So uh, truly amazing stuff. And that's obviously something that's leading to you becoming successful. And my next question, which I was leading into is, you know, what are you doing differently to give you that wow factor? And anyone listening can already see that there is a wow factor building up here and that so many other things take place before they even you know, become students to contribute to that. But once they are students, I'll let you carry on from here. What are you doing with them that's, you know, that giving you that, that awesome experience and building from there? Well, in a nutshell, we care about the human beings who are here at our music school. And we treat them like human beings, not like just a number or a, a time slot. And I think that's really important. And that's the nutshell. That, that is our whole business is about serving the human beings who come here, you know, during the week and each week, week after week, month after month, year after year, because we realize that not everyone is the same. There's no one way to learn guitar or learn piano. I don't believe that there's one teacher who's going to be able to work with every student because different people have different goals and different needs. You know, some people want to be able to play classical guitar. Some people want to be able to play flamenco. Some people want to be play, to play heavy metal. Some people want to play worship music or whatever it may be. And, and some students may like a really energetic, excited, passionate teacher. Some people may like a teacher who's a little bit more structured and maybe more rigid. And I think it's it's just unrealistic to expect that every human being is going to jive with every you know other human being. So that said, when when we have a student come in for a free assessment, we're making sure is this even the right person for our school? So we're trying to see like do they jive with us? How do they feel when they're coming into our studio space? Do they like the way our program is laid out? When they come in for their free assessment, do they learn something? How are they responding to the instruction that they're receiving during the free intro lesson. And from there, we're able to then create a customized program for them. And throughout, as long as they're a student at our school, we are customizing the program to them and, and, and fulfilling their needs, both musically speaking, but also emotionally and psychologically speaking. Like we know that students have other needs, like maybe they want to feel connected to other musicians like them. Maybe they want to have a sense of progress. Maybe they want to have a teacher who listens to them and listens about how their life was really difficult today. Or if they're an adult, how they're struggling and their, their kids are a lot of work and they're feeling overwhelmed. So I think in a nutshell, what makes us different is just that we treat our students like human beings and we are here to fulfill their musical goals, but also their life goals. Like becoming a guitarist or a pianist is part of the bigger picture of you 
are a human being with a life <laughs> and you have other responsibilities. And we want when you come into this studio space that you come in, even if you're feeling terrible, that you leave with the biggest smile on your face because you feel like you just learned something and you feel like you were listened to and heard and, and you got to contribute to something that's bigger than yourself. So does that kind of answer your question about what makes us different? 100%. Now, Josh, I know you've got to duck off soon. Um, and just this small conversation we've had has been a source of enormous wealth of knowledge and experience. And I do thank you for coming on. If you could impart one final piece of wisdom upon the guitar players listening, the music teachers listening, what would that be? It's a fantastic question. The last thing I, I would leave with you is on one hand, it's good, assuming you're wanting to get into playing music or teaching music, it's really good to pour yourself into it, to go all in. Because when, when you don't go all in, you're just not going to enjoy it as much. I can definitely tell you, like those activities that I kind of just tiptoe in, it's, I, I don't learn as much. I don't grow as much. I don't. So the more you invest, the more you're going to learn. But that said, it's, it's very difficult to just jump in head first into something, especially when there are things you might be concerned about. There might be legitimate reasons why maybe like you're afraid to start taking music lessons right now. Maybe you're afraid to get coaching and mentoring to, to level up as a music teacher or a musician. So I would say, ask yourself, what is it that you want to accomplish? So I want to become a better guitar player. I want to be a better guitar teacher. I want to run a music school. So that's the first question is, what do I want? And the second question is to ask, what is standing in my way? What are all the obstacles? Because if you can honestly get clear what you want, and then two, answer what the obstacles that are in your way, then your biggest mission is removing those obstacles. Because once you remove those obstacles, you will be able to go all in. And when you go all in, you're going to experience so much more progress. You're going to be much more passionate and you're going to have way more fun. And, you know, one of the best ways to do, do that is to get a coach or mentor who can help guide you because they can help remove all the barriers and the obstacles that are stopping you. So bottom line, get clear out what is it that you want? And two, what are the obstacles that are preventing you from getting there? There you go, guys. Some absolutely fantastic wisdom from Josh there. Josh, thank you so much for coming on the Top Music Guitar Podcast. Wishing you a fantastic uh, rest of your day, rest of your morning, rest of your evening, wherever it is, what time it is over there in Michigan. And uh, go enjoy your lessons. Guys, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of Top Music Guitar. If you enjoy this show and want to hear more of our work, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. For links and resources mentioned in this episode, including a free ebook on how to find more guitar students, visit us at www.topmusic.co slash guitar or check out the show notes. And lastly, thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.